0: What led you to law school? I can't remember. Really. Sure you can, counselor. I was a delivery boy for
2: a pizza parlor. And one day the owner got a notice from the IRS. He was an immigrant. Didn't know much English, even less, about withholding tax. And he went bankrupt, lost his store. That
0: was the first time I thought of being a lawyer. In other words, you're an idealist.
2: I don't know any tax lawyer who's an idealist. When he lost his store, I lost my job. It scared me
0: being out of work no what the government can do to anybody
2: The boy said, My name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're gonna regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're rising awesome, up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose Georgia, and the devil feels it hard. And if you win, you get the shiny fiddle Let of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. Hi,
1: everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from a movie called The Firm, and uh, I use that because to point out what scares, what should scare all of us is what the government can do to anyone, and as we talk about this, we'll see what's actually happening behind the scenes, what's actually happening behind the scenes, as opposed to what they want you to think, what they're trying to, to project onto all of us. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll get a little bit of clarity each, each week. I try to dump a little bit more, a little bit more onto you what I see. And I think, I, I think based on what I see and what I hear and what I think about, I think I'm clear on what's happening here in America. And I think, especially here in California, there's a absence of clarity amongst the people and uh and we're going to talk about that i also use that uh song the devil went down to georgia because on uh, monday this week we lost a great american patriot charlie daniels uh one of the most patriotic of probably the most one of the most patriotic anybody but certainly in the country music and popular music scene uh he died at age 83 had a stroke and uh he was a tad overweight but one of the greatest fiddle players and singers and just, I, you know, I remember him. I remember him most for him being a great patriot. Don and I saw him uh, do a concert in uh, at the, I don't even know what it's called now. It used to be called the Blockbuster, the Blockbuster Amphitheater. And then it's been a Hyundai and I'm not sure what it's called. It's out in Glen Helen. And uh, what a great entertainer. What a great American. Um, but we, lo- we lost him and uh, the world lost a great patriot. So uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on. I'll play a little bit more of uh, Charlie Daniels for you at the beginning of the second half. But before I go further, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and the fantastic opportunities are the interest rates are really low. So if you're, looking to buy, if you're looking to buy a piece of property, that gives you a lot more buying power. Well, you get a lot more house for the, for the same payment when the interest rates are lower. And if you own a piece of property that you want to refinance, it's a great, great time right now. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of those, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to call on the phone because, uh, you know, it's so personal, uh, then then go to edhoffman.net, dot net. click on the Summit Funding logo, which is uh, just down a little bit from the top part of the page, and uh, it'll take you to my lending page. You can fill in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me what kind of information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Aaron Fredericks, Brian Goodman, Eric Marquez, or Cody Bradbury. We will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Also, I didn't mention reverse mortgages. If you're over 62 and you're interested in finding out more information on a reverse mortgage, it's a fantastic financing tool. And the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get out. So if you go, well, what do you mean about more money? I thought I, if, if you don't know all the details, call and find out. If you're over 62, it's a great great product and it just gives you a whole bunch more uh flexibility in your in your senior years for whether you need it or whether you just want to have it just in case it's a it's a great financing tool um if there's any part of the show you want repeated or you want to share uh you can get this you can also get on edhoffman.net click on the podcast page you can hear this show as well as several past shows and a few special shows that we have up there you can also uh get the podcast on soundcloud or itunes where you can subscribe for free have it automatically as we upload it, upload it every week, it'll download to your, to your phone or your computer, or your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your, your, uh, whatever else you can listen to podcasts on. Um, so we'll, uh, so you won't ever miss it or you can listen to it when it's convenient for you. Or, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you get in the car, you're listening to the radio and then you get to where you're going and you miss part of it. So that way you don't have to miss any part of it. And, uh, if you have any comments on, on the show, um, You can email me at ed at edhoffman.net and uh, give me your comments. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all, all week long. And the Facebook page uh, for the show is facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. So <clears throat> before, I, before I go any further, um, before I go get into all my topics this week, I talked two weeks ago about um, a program that we're talking about people doing for other people, and you know what well, oh i know they were t- we were talking about um the police in wanting to where they're trying to defund the police and restructure and they want to put uh social workers and and uh people into the police to have them respond with or instead of police and i said hey there's a lot of people that are already doing that i mentioned my daughter uh participates in a program called tip the trauma intervention intervention program um it's a national program with local chapters they're they are typical everyday citizens helping other everyday citizens when they experience traumatic crisis situations. Volunteers are called out by law enforcement officers, firefighters, hospital personnel, paramedics or coroner's office to provide emotional first aid and practical support to survivors of traumatic events. In the first few hours after the tra- after the trauma, tip responds to these calls 24/7 365 days a year. If you're interested in doing something good for your community, if you want to learn more you can, uh, or you know someone who might be, the Southwest Riverside County chapter has a two-week training uh, that can teach you everything you need to know about how to deliver emotional and practical first aid to someone on the worst day of their lives. But first, the first class, uh, the first class kicks off with a no-obligation informational session on Wednesday, August 5th from 6 to 9 at the Menifee Valley Hospital and uh, McCall, 28400 McCall. For more information, go to tip swrc.org, C.org. If you're interested in uh, getting involved in uh, donating, donating some of your time and your uh, and your and your emotional character to people that are having the worst day of their lives, um. So go to tipswrc.org. Hey, anyway, uh, so let's get on. I, there's a there's a uh, apparently I want to talk about something real quick. Apparently in Seattle, Seattle's deciding to put a to put a uh, what's the name of this tax? It's called um, an employee, an employer tax, payroll tax on the biggest on the biggest uh, employers that pay more than seven million dollars a year of payroll it means that they bring a ton of jobs to uh, to the city of Seattle. And apparently, apparently, uh, two point four percent is what Amazon will pay. Amazon employs fifty thousand people in their in their Seattle uh Seattle location 50,000 people and if they just make, if everybody just makes $15 an hour which we know that's there's a lot of people that make more than that that costs them 37 million dollars per year in taxes and just like uh AOC when she said told Amazon don't bring your we're not going to spend money to give you a tax break to bring Uh, one of your corporate offices to Queens in New York and drove drove them away from Queens and all those jobs. One of their city council members, her name is Kashwana Sawant. She's uh, born in India and her political party is, is socialist alternative. Here's what she posted on the internet this week.
3: I have a message for Jeff Bezos and his class. If you attempt again to overturn the Amazon tax, working people will go all out in the thousands to defeat you. And we will not stop there because you see, we are fighting for far more than this tax. We are preparing the ground for a different kind of society. And if you, Jeff Bezos, want to drive that process forward by lashing out against us in our modest demands, then so be it. Because we are coming for you and your rotten system. We are coming to dismantle this deeply oppressive, racist, sexist, violent, utterly bankrupt system of capitalism, this police state. We cannot and will not stop until we overthrow it and replace it with a world based instead on solidarity, genuine democracy and equality, a socialist world. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the government can do regardless hey these people need to pay more taxes this will drive fifty thousand jobs away from seattle and all they have to do is relocate their their plant in a city nearby and seattle just loses it we saw it happen in new york we'll see it happen again you can't penalize people for being successful and and it's and you see what what the government what the government the 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 liberal city the the cities and states that are that have liberal leadership, you see where that's going. Don't deny it. Don't ignore it. Yeah, this is stuff that just bothers me. It keeps me in a bad mood by paying attention. Sorry, but this is reality. Close your eyes and watch what what happens. And by by the time you start paying attention, it'll be too late. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on this week. Uh, Black children dying. Black Lives Matter doesn't care. As Black Lives Matter movement continues its reign of terror over the summer of 2020, its supporters have nothing to say about black children being murdered on the streets in the cities across the country. Fourth of July weekend last week was one of the deadliest of the year. All the incidents I'm going to ta- list happened over July 4th weekend. In Chicago, 87 people were shot with 15 dead. 13 of those victims were kids under 18. Two of, those, uh, two of the 13 died. One of them was 7-year-old Natalia Wallace. She was playing with other kids in her grandmother's yard when a vehicle pulled up and an unknown number of people exited and starting shooting, started shooting, got back in the car and drove off. Here's Chicago's police superintendent, David Brown. These babies are being
2: killed every weekend. And cops are putting thousands and thousands and thousands of illegal gun possessors in, in jail, only to be let out again, where witnesses say, I'm afraid for my life, because these people don't
1: have any consequences. And uh, let me point out, Chicago... Is, a, is banned guns in the city of Chicago, and it's, the, and it's the gun violence capital of the world because when, when you outlaw guns, the only people with guns will be outlaws, and the law-abiding citizens will turn in their guns, but the criminals won't, and the law-abiding citizens have no way to protect themselves. And uh, so in the south, in the South, an eight-year-old Birmingham, Alabama boy was shot to death at a shopping mall during an argument between adults he was with in Atlanta, there were 11 shootings over the holiday holiday weekend. 31 people were shot, five dead. One of them was 8-year-old Sicoria Turner. She was in the car with her mother when a group approached them as, as they attempted to enter a parking lot near the same Wendy's where Richard Brooks died last month. There are armed protesters who, who claim they're protecting the area around Wendy's from police. One of those so-called protectors shot at the car multiple times, hitting and killing the little girl. Here's her father.
4: They say Black Lives Matter. You killed your home. They killed my baby because she crossed the barrier. The man of Utah, you, you killed a child. She didn't do nothing to nobody. I don't think.
1: I don't think Black Lives Matter. I think Black Lives Matter is is a is a a BS movement. It's a BS organization. It's being uh, it's being amplified by Antifa, and this has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. It has to just do with with chaos and anarchy. After the violent holiday weekend, Georgia, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, issued an executive order declaring the state of emergency and deploying the National Guard. And you know what? Where Trump wants to get involved here is send in the National Guard and take control of these cities. The problem is, because each state is sovereign, the governors have to request it. So, hey, we're handling this but we need some help call the federal government federal government sends in the national guard, but everywhere where there's a, 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 a Democrat governor, they're not asking for help because they don't like Trump and they certainly don't want to give him any credit when they, when they bring peace to their, to their communities via the federal government. So Brian Kemp, the Republican, he issued the executive order and deployed the national guard. And even the Democrat mayor of Atlanta, of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, managed to come up to, uh, to her senses for a few minutes on in a Monday morning press conference. We are shooting each other up on our streets in
4: this city, and you shot and killed a baby. And it wasn't one shooter, there were at least two shooters. An eight-year-old baby. We are doing each other more harm than any police officer on this force.
1: Yeah. So blame things on the blame, things on the police, but it doesn't matter. Hey, you're, you're protesting over, uh, George Floyd or Rashard Brooks, and you're going to kill, kill, you know, hundreds of other people to prove a point while you burn down your communities and you loot stores people. This isn't about what they say it's about. And like I've mentioned, when you go to org and click donate, it goes to an organization called Act Blue. This is the Democrat Party trying to, trying to support chaos and anarchy just to screw things up so they can blame it on Trump. So anyway, that was the Atlanta mayor in the morning on Monday. On the East Coast in Philadelphia, 30 people were shot, de- shot with, a, with eight dead. One of them was a six-year-old in uh, New York City where the mayor just cut a billion dollars from the police budget to appease Black Lives Matter movement. There were 44 shootings over the holiday weekend with 10 people dead. One of the most disturbing was in the Bronx where surveillance video showed a car slowing down to shoot and kill a father named Anthony Robinson as he held his six-year-old daughter's hand. In an interview, and imagine what kind of trauma that has, has to a six-year-old girl. What is she going to grow up living with? She's holding her daddy's hand, and some guy pulls up, kills him while she's standing there. In an interview Monday morning, New York, uh, New York Police Department Commissioner Dermot, Dermot Shea told the truth about what's causing all this violence.
5: This is what I would say to the people. If if your car is broken, you bring it to a mechanic. If you have a headache, you go to the doctor. But for some reason, everyone believes that they know more about law enforcement than the people that are on the streets every day. And it's, listen, we know exactly what needs to be done to get this city turned around. But when you take basically half the population of Rikers Island and put it onto the street, and then wonder what's going on, it, it just, it's dumbfounding to me. And now it's compounded by COVID where you have a scenario where the courts have literally shut down. So it, it is unfortunately a perfect storm. We need support. We need laws that help the police instead of handcuff them. And, and then we need resources. And we'll get New York City back very quickly to to um you know, where we all want it to be fair too. fair working together.
1: Now, remember, we have a, we have an election coming up on uh, November 3rd and, uh, and remember this because we, my whole concept of this show is not to just preach to you guys, but to give you guys, give you guys some, some clarity so you can share that because, you know, Hey, remember, uh, 2018 we, we, we had a uh, 2018 or 2016, we had various propositions. Uh One of them was that we made all kinds of violent crimes, misdemeanors and infractions so that people can get arrested for beating their wives or shooting at a cop. And then they get, they get booked and they get released. And we, and they, and there was uh other things where, where they don't get cash bail. So, Hey, you sign yourself out and you're back on the street. So because of that, people don't care they're committing they're committing crimes and they know that they're just going to get back out so if if they get caught so is it worth is it worth the risk um of getting caught well you get detained for a couple of hours and you have to sign some papers but then you get to go back out so you're not really losing your your uh your freedom and as far as the 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 uh the fines and the and the payment if you get convicted of something if you don't got the money they can't get it out of you this is this is the the idiocy of voters across this nation. And especially in California, uh, I mentioned it on, I posted a thing on Facebook when we drove back from Arizona last week, I filled up, filled up my tank for cents a gallon. When I came back, my tank was empty and I filled it up and I filled it back up for three 29. I don't know about you, but that's a buck 50. So it's a buck 50, uh, buck 50 a gallon extra for what? We had a Proposition Six that would have turned that off last last uh, election in 2018, and it said, "Hey, this can't—that's repeals the gas tax increase." It also it also sets forward that the state of California can't raise taxes without a vote of the people, and somehow that lost. Stop getting your advice on how to vote on 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 uh, propositions from TV because when you see who's pays for them, it, they're being paid for the people that want you to vote something down because they've got something to lose. So now the mayor, now that all this stuff's uh, going, uh, going haywire, the mayors are making excuses. The only ones who aren't afraid to tell the truth about black-on-black crime are police and parents of the kids being killed. The mayors of these cities always have something else to blame. Although Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was making sense Monday morning at her press conference, Someone must have gotten to her as soon as it was over because by Monday afternoon, she shifted to blaming everything on President Trump. We talk
4: about systemic racism and the trauma and anxiety. And you think about the leadership or the lack thereof that we have coming from the highest office in the land. Um, I I think that you are seeing so many emotions play out. and, And so too often it's playing out in violence in our streets.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, not surprisingly, the Atlanta mayor was joined by Chicago mayor. Lori Lightfoot in blaming president and his white suburban or rural voters for the black on black crime in her city.
4: President Trump is trying to execute on the 1968 strategy of Richard Nixon, and that is to make it seem as if the democratically controlled big cities are rabidly out of control. And playing to the fears of a white suburban constituency, white rural constituency, to rally behind him as a law and order president—it's transparently political, and and candidly, it's laughable.
1: Okay, he's trying to make it seem like, but isn't that what's happening? Washington, Seattle, New York City, uh, Chicago—you uh, don't see any. Um, Republican run states having these problems. You're not seeing problems in Texas. If the Texas having those problems, they're squashed. You're not seeing those problems in Arizona. They get squashed on all the, in all the, in all the, the states run by, uh by Republicans. You're not having this problem. So is it Trump trying to make it seem like, or is it really the fact? And now the Chicago mayor is trying to, trying to blame it on Trump because it's really not happening. Well, ask, ask all the families of all the dead people and the people in the, in Chicago, that are alive but have bullet shot, bullet holes in their in their body. But if you ask uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, Big Bird, the president doesn't have to shoulder all the responsibility for the senseless murders of black children in, in Democrat-led cities. He also places the blame on hot summer weather and coronavirus.
5: As we're getting into warmer and warmer weather, and we're feeling the effects of people being cooped up for months, uh, and the economy obviously has not. Uh, restarted to anywhere the
1: extent we needed to, so there's a lot less for people to do. Uh, we have a real problem here. Yeah, there's a lot less for people to do in uh, in, gu- in uh, Republican-run places too. It's not enough. I can't go to the movies. Can't do anything. So I, I got guns. I'm gonna go shoot some people. I don't know. It just seems like you know, it's just break break up the monotony of everyday everyday life. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago must have taken a cue from de Blasio because by the end of Monday, she too had shifted from blaming Trump to blaming the heat and coronavirus. Here's her nonsensical answer to CNN reporter's question about the cause of the violence. Killed. So just He's point blank. What is happening right now?
4: The ecosystem of public safety that isn't just law enforcement, but is local community-based—they too have really been hit hard by COVID and are now just kind of coming back online and getting their footing.
1: Yeah, didn't make any sense. To you. Play that. Play that one more time. Listen closer and tell me what she said. Killed it. So just point blank, what is happening right now?
4: The of public safety that isn't just law enforcement, but is local, community-based. They, too, have really been hit hard by COVID and are now just kind of coming back online and getting their footing.
1: Yeah, the ecosystem of public safety is just coming back online. I don't know exactly what she said, but, you know, you can see the mayors of these big cities trying to shift their blame well let's blame trump let's blame coronavirus let's blame the hot weather let's blame everything except for our lack of leadership anyway i'm all out of time for part one of the main event so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic weather and commercials and i'll be back with part two of the main event with more of what's happening hi this is ed hoffman with summit funding and host of the main event heard weekends right here on am 590 the Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman,
2: ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.
6: AM590 the answer. Well, the
2: eagle's been flying slow, and the flag's been flying low, and a lot of people saying that America's fixing to fall, but speaking just for me, and some people from Tennessee, we got a thing or two to tell you all, this lady may have stumbled, but she ain't never failed, and if the Russians don't believe that, they can all go straight to hell, we're gonna put her feet back. And loud again In America you never That
1: it ever again And welcome back to part two of the main event That was In America Charlie Daniels that he wrote after uh, In frustration with The stuff that was going on in the Carter Administration and how uh, Our country got weak I guess he could have Rewritten the same song in the Obama Administration but we'll talk about We'll talk about the, the weakness of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Susan Rice and Hillary Clinton and all the people that were running the the previous administration and, the, and its toll on our, on our country and around the world so uh, before the before the break, I was talking about the black lives uh, the black lives matter uh, the black lives don 't matter movement um, because they don 't seem to care about anybody that any black lives that keep getting killed, and the mayors are making excuses. So uh, this week, uh, Terry Crew was on uh, Don, Don Lemon's show on CNN, and uh, let's listen. To Terry Crews, a an actor you know from, uh, from Brooklyn 99, America's Got Talent, and The uh, Expendables. He's a big, tall black guy and a, and a, a tough guy and a former uh, professional football player. He's talking with uh, Don Lemon about uh, what's going on with Black Lives Matter.
6: You look in the city of Chicago, there are nine children who died by gun violence, by black on black gun violence with, uh, from June 20th all the way to today. The Black Lives Matter movement has said nothing about this. What does kind that of have thing? to do you with know? equality, it though, is, Terry? Well, the Black Lives Matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality. If you want an all Black Lives Matter movement that talks about gun violence, in communities, including, you know, black communities, then start that movement with that name. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is about. The Black Lives Matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner, not about what's happening in black neighborhoods.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, you call it Black Lives Matter. You think that the movement's about Black Lives Matter. And uh, so I don't understand where he's going. And you see how Don Lemon is, is backing him down from uh from talking sense uh where Terry Cruz is seeing twenty twenty he's seeing clear what's going on and why is it that black lives matter, but we don't care about black lives being killed. we only care about the ones that we want to create anarchy over let me let me contrast that with a clip from Don Lemon seven years ago on his show two thousand and thirteen Here's what Here's what that same guy was
6: saying then. Black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five, pull up your pants. Number four now is the N-word. Now number three, respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem. Now it's an historically black neighborhood. Every single day I see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away. Just being honest here. Number two, finish school. You want to break the cycle of poverty? Stop telling kids are acting white because they go to school or they speak proper English. Over the course of a career a college grad will make nearly a million dollars more than a high school graduate. That's a lot of money. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks, pay close attention to the hip hop and rap culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned thug and reprehensible behavior, a culture that is making a lot of people rich, just not you.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how, uh, depending on the mood, what kind of common sense people see. Because Don Lemon could have been a, a great a great uh, leader in the black community and try to point that stuff out. Hey, the problems with, with uh, that, that black, young black people go through are the same problems that young white people go through. Life is tough. The only difference is, is what we're teaching our kids. Teach your kids that life is tough. When it happens, it's not because of your skin color or your neighborhood or anything else. It's life is tough. That's how God, that's how God makes everything equal you pay the price before you get the 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 life that's nice you have to uh you have to earn your way to the top that's why that's why the the movie stars and the and the the the, the sports heroes and the people that don't really have to pay price hey you you born with a talent you can you can dunk you can uh, you have a great jump shot you can run real fast you can uh you can hit a ball or you're uh, or you're pretty you get a you get some uh some parts in movies because you look good, you don't have to pay the same kind of price that that normal people do. Because you make a gazillion dollars for six weeks worth of work. Oh yeah, you work real hard during those six weeks, but then you get the rest of the year off, and you made you know five or six or ten or a hundred million dollars, and it's just not reality. We have to teach our kids about the reality that ninety nine point nine and nine 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 and nine 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 percent of us are going to experience. We're going to have to work for work to earn our lifestyle. And it's not. And when the, when times get tough, it gets tough. That's how it is. Work through it. Work through it. So uh, let's talk about now we're talking about kids. Let's talk about the back to school politics, which has been uh, big on the big on the news this week. The topic of whether kids should go back to school in the fall amid spiking coronavirus numbers has become highly political. The president has stated his support for schools reopening on schedule, which, of course, means the left has to oppose it. Here's the president on Wednesday.
0: We want to reopen the schools. Uh, everybody wants it. The moms want it. The dads want it. The kids want it. It's time to do it. We don't want people to make political statements or do it for political reasons. They think it's going to be good for them politically so they keep the schools closed.
1: And realize the hardship the, kids, the schools being closed causes on everybody. Number one, the kids are not getting their social time. They're not learning. They're not getting their uh, their, their all the stuff that makes kids kids. It makes them learn. The parents don't have a they have issues with with uh with childcare, so they can't go back to work. Keeping the schools closed is a problem. And for those of you that are worried about coronavirus, hey, you know what? When I was a kid, we started school in September. Now for some reason they start in August. So let's start the thing in August and let's get a few kids infected. And then you know, the, the studies show that the kids don't usually catch it and they don't even and they don't pass it on for some reason. But if they do, they'll get through it in two days. By September, when we used to start school, it will have gone through the whole, the whole school system and will be done. We won't have to worry about it anymore. We're never going to get rid of this virus by just hiding from it. We have to defeat it. Let people build up immunity. Do you want to uh, give up your whole life? to avoid being sick for two or three days? I don't. And the kids don't. And you know what? The kids only get to be kids for a few years in their life, and they have to be adults the rest of the time. If we rob that from those kids, they will not be good adults. We'll be changing the face of America for eternity. So anyway, as for Joe Biden, his comments to the National Education Association this week prove he has no idea what it'll take for schools to reopen. But more importantly, it's Donald Trump's fault that schools had to close in the first place.
0: You know, um, uh, I, uh, I, I, you know I know there are a number of issues in everybody's mind, but an immediate challenge is uh, the continued spread of the coronavirus and what it means the upcoming school year. Look, we saw this, uh, this challenge coming. I've been calling for the president to address it for months since early, since late January. But Donald Trump failed to take any action on testing, contact tracing, creating responsible standards, uh, everything we need to do to get the pandemic under control and to get educated students back in the classroom.
1: Yeah, well, the most important thing, the most intelligent thing he said was, uh, you know, I'm um, uh, 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 um, uh, at the beginning, I think I'll use that as a. Has a little clip to throw in every time we talk about his name. Um, Biden also has big plans for the Department of Education if he's president, and he's proud to say it will be teachers, not students and their parents, who will benefit the most.
0: I can't wait for the departure of Donald Trump <laughs> and the chance to replace Betsy DeVos and the opportunity for us to, uh, to make a whole lot of progress together because I'm confident, I'm absolutely confident we can. And I want to show you that. This is going to be a teacher-oriented department of education, and it's not going to come from the top down. It's come from the teachers up.
1: Yeah. So let me uh, let me remind everybody some history. You guys don't remember. So I I had mentioned that I read a book called "Where Have All the Leaders Gone" uh, by Lee Iacocca, the late Lee Iacocca. He died a few months ago. Um, but remember, Lee Iacocca was the guy who turned Ford around in the '60s when they came out with the with the Mustang he's also the guy that turned chrysler around in the 70s when uh, chrysler was was bankrupt and uh, came out with the cab forward and the and the the minivans and he recreated chrysler and so he's probably probably the most successful guy in the in the auto industry in history and what he said was that the whole reason that toyota builds a, builds builds the same amount of cars and makes gazillions of dollars in profit Versus General Motors that that builds the same amount of cars and they and they lose money is because of United Auto Workers and the and the uh, contracts that the union negotiated with with General Motors and the Jobs Bank and the all the different all the different uh uh the different benefits that they that they hardballed General Motors and Chrysler and Ford into into uh, giving up and it takes away all the profit. Takes away all the profit, and you can, and the free market won't allow you to charge double the price because if if a if a Chevrolet is eighty thousand, and you can buy the same Toyota for forty thousand, uh, what are you going to buy? Hey, I always buy American, but you know, there's a point at which does does not doesn't make any sense. So, what did Barack Obama do when they filed bankruptcy in Barack Obama's turn, uh, uh, in his administration? Instead of letting the free market do its natural thing. And what I said what I said should have happened is let them go bankrupt, let them go belly up, let those let the the guys who work there would come back and say, Hey, we know how to work these machines, we know how to build cars, let's reopen a new company, a new company, and it would break all the union contracts and they'd come back stronger than ever. Instead, Obama got in the middle of it and gave 55% of control of the of the uh of the um, General Motors, Ford, and, or Chrysler to, not Ford, but uh, General Motors and Chrysler to the United Auto Workers, the same guys that broke them to begin with. Now, let's go back to the teachers. Biden wants to, to give control to the teachers and they are the problems. Not the, it's not the the government and it's not the kids, it's the teachers and what they're teaching. So out of the, out of the NEA members who were able to ask Biden questions at this event, one of them doesn't even hold the title of teacher. She's Turquoise Lejeune Parker, an education media specialist from North Carolina who calls herself a social justice teacher when that's not her actual school district title. If the kids get back to school in 2020 and Biden is elected, Guess what she wants to wants him to prioritize It's my duty to structure a curriculum that talks through all kinds of complex
4: uh, issues such as police brutality, how to fight it while staying safe, how to organize and how they can come to terms with the possibility that they might be the, the next victim of white supremacy at absolutely no fault of their own. Teaching in the resistance is incredibly hard work, but we have to do it because we need our kids to know that they are absolutely a part of this movement to smash white
1: supremacy yeah is that what you want your kids to learn is that what you want your kids if i was part of the black community i would want my kids to to learn about how strong they are how how great they are and how skin color doesn't matter if you want something you go after it you learn you learn all the things you need to know about being a a responsible adult and you go after it and teach them that they can be anything they want to be Finish school, learn what you got to do, pay attention, learn from your elders, respect authority, and do things the right way instead of teaching them that, hey, they're part of the, of the problem and, or they're part of the resistance in white supremacy. I don't believe this country is a racist nation. I believe there's some racial elements that are going on, and it's all being pushed by the, racial, the race baiters out there. And obviously, uh, turquoise Lejeune Parker is a big piece of it. And do you want do you want those kind of people leading the curriculum for your kids or for your grandkids? I don't. So anyway, uh, and you know if if you if you know about the uh, uh, when talking about Betsy DeVos, she's a big she's a big supporter of charter schools, and charter schools are schools that uh, that people pay to go to. And there was an experiment in Washington, D.C., and I think Cleveland, Ohio, where they took voucher programs where instead of instead of uh, going to the school that you live in that district for, the government would give you a voucher, say this much tax money is applied to you guys. You can go to any school you want. And and they found that that parents want their kids to have the best education. So if the school, the, the school that's right across the street from your house has a bunch of bad teachers, you can take them a mile away or however far you want and use your voucher there and they found out that the poor the poor kids and the minority kids got a better education it works cuz guess what if you got bad teachers if you've got bad teachers and the parents parents say hey i don't want my kids to be taught by these these people that have their own agenda those people those those teachers will get fired when they when they don't get any vouchers for that school and when the when you force the teachers to teach when you force the teachers to, to teach a, the curriculum that makes sense because the parents won't stand for their kids being fed a, a pile of BS every day and being influenced to be what the teachers want them to be, you watch how the free market works. The free market always works. And the free market, take those government dollars and apply them to whatever school gives the best education. And you watch. Teachers will make more money for being better teachers. This uh, – this tenure thing where you can't be can't be fired that the teachers unions have created is bs it's like watching these these moron uh these moron uh congress people and senators that are in there for life they don't accomplish anything but they keep getting keep getting re reelected because they're the ones there and people don't really want to pay attention and that's what and that's what biden wants to feed into we're gonna give we're gonna give control of the teachers up so anyway, let's talk about Biden and his uh, vice presidential, uh, uh, vice presidential choices. So, uh, the pressure is heating up on Biden to choose a woman of color to be his running mate. And and think about this, whoever the, the vice, if, uh, if Biden gets elected, whoever's vice president is going to be president because you know that Biden won't finish his term. He can't even finish a sentence. How can he finish a four year term? And if you think the pressure of having to go out in front of onto a stage with Trump is going to be tough on him, imagine what the the pressure of leading our country is going to be. The pressure is heating up for him to choose a woman of color. And this week we're hearing less about names like Stacey Abrams and, and Kamala Harris and more of the name that you recall from the previous administration, Susan Rice, Obama's national security advisor. According to every political blog out there, Rice's stock is rising, whatever that means, in the race to be Biden's VP. And she must be interested in the job because Rice showed up on Meet the Press this week and uh, to talk up her qualifications.
3: Joe Biden needs to make the decision as to who he thinks will be his best running mate. And I will do my utmost, uh, drawing on my uh, experience of years in government, years of making the bureaucracy work. I've worked on multiple campaigns, uh, presidential campaigns. I've been on the campaign trail as a, as a surrogate.
1: She forgot to, to put in years of BS, years of lying, years of covering up for her uh, for her superiors or her whoever she happens to be in their department. Um, just years. of Her resume. The one thing that I think she for, that she's leaving out of her resume is a word called Benghazi. You might recall she lied about it repeatedly in 2012. The next morning after it happened on behalf of the Obama administration, including then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who she was her her uh, the the assistant secretary of state. Here's the here's the current uh, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, reminding us exactly what happened at our embassy in Libya eight years ago.
7: To hear Ambassador Rice talk that way it is just crazy. You know, she has a history of going on Sunday shows and lying. You'll all remember that uh, back in 2012, she went on five Sunday shows, and Ambassador Chris Stevens, Sean Smith, Glenn Doherty, and Tyrone Woods had all perished under her administration's watch in Benghazi, Libya. She went on and made up a story about a video in a protest when she knew full well that this was a terror attack. She did so because it was politically convenient to say that. It's a, it's the worst kind of behavior from a national security leader.
1: Yeah, and if uh, if you guys aren't sure about this or you don't remember it, uh, go on Netflix or go on uh, Amazon Prime or go, to your, uh, or go to your video. They don't have video stores anymore. Go get the movie uh, ben, uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. That's based on a book written by some of the guys that were there that survived it. And uh, Michael Bay, who, who directed it, said, hey, he brought in the guys that were there and said, hey, we have to get this right because this has to be exact. To what happened? We can't veer from it because there's going to be too much political pressure on on this movie. Watch that. Watch how uh, how the Obama administration, President Obama, Vice President Biden, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and National Security Advisor Susan Rice. All all went absent. All went absent. They called for help. They could watch it. Eleven minutes into this thing, they, they were, the White House knew what was going on. They were watching it on satellites, but they no-showed when they called for help. And say, hey, are those the people you want running this country? Rice also sounded off this week on, uh, on last week's story that Russia paid bounty to the Taliban to kill American troops, using it as a springboard to tell the same Trump-loves-Putin lie that the media loves to hear.
3: This is not the time to be handing Putin an olive branch. We have a president who is doing our arch adversaries' bidding, it would seem, and he's surrounded by sycophants and weaklings who aren't doing their jobs, who don't have the confidence in themselves and in the mission that they are there to carry out to bring the president the tough messages he needs to hear.
1: So remember that uh, this uh, this this apparent bounty that the Russians put out on uh, American soldiers and our allies, uh, allies soldiers. This occurred in 2015 when Obama was president, when Biden was vice president, when Hillary Clinton was secretary of state and when Susan Rice was a national security advisor. Why didn't they say something to somebody at that time? I don't know. They don't want the truth to come out. So uh, here is Mike Pompeo's reaction to Rice's comments.
7: And as for her comments about Russia, it was on the Obama watch under the Susan Rice watch under Vice President Biden's watch that Ukraine had one fifth of its real estate taken by Vladimir Putin with virtually no response. It was under her watch that Syria was handed over to the Russians as a result of a red line that Obama had drawn in the sand, but then refused to enforce. And you'll recall, too, uh, when it comes to having American soldiers taking care of what she suggests this administration didn't do, but does. Always it was her administration that was underwriting the Iranian regime while it was killing American soldiers in the middle east
1: and remember that it was uh Biden who went to the ukraine and and uh, made sure they got rid of the prosecutor that was investigating the gas company that they installed uh, biden 's son in to get a million dollars a year for doing nothing and it 's uh, Biden who went over to china and, and uh, uh, and got a billion and a half dollars to his son's, uh, to his son's account right from the government. And uh, let me play this one clip from 13 Hours that I think sums it all up. How you doing, brother? Downtime's the worst, and not <laughs> Adrenaline leaves and your
2: mind just starts to wander. Yeah. I haven't thought about my family once tonight. thinking about him now up here in the middle of all this thinking about my girls man thinking what would they say about me he died in a place he didn't need to be in a battle over something he doesn't understand in a country that meant nothing to him Get it,
7: okay? You go to them. I know what it's like to be in a place like this, let another man raise your children. But I was young, and I was giving myself to something bigger. Jack, that something bigger's gone now. Do
1: you understand what what Tyrone Woods just said there? He said, "When I was young, I was giving my life to something bigger—a country that meant something, that stood for something." And that something bigger is gone now. That was during Obama. Now, talk to the military people today. That something bigger is back. They're proud to, to support our president and our commander-in-chief and the way, the way that we are in relationship to the rest of the, rest of the world. That's back. Just let, Obama, just let Biden get elected as president and watch all that stuff go away and that something bigger is gone and that something bigger is where we want our kids and our grandkids to build a life. And if we just stay silent because we don't want to create any arguments with our kids or with our neighbors or with our coworkers or people at church, if we don't tell the truth, they'll never know. And you watch, this country will go away. I'm going to have faith that that's not going to happen on November 3rd. But let's let's not let down our guard. Let's keep talking. Let's keep the awareness amongst because the the mainstream media and social media. We'll keep pushing the Democrat-Liberal agenda. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.
2: The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo.
0: AM 590, the answer.